Corinthians chapter 11 is where we're going to be tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now, I don't know if Pastor Gil mentioned this. We're doing everything in VBS's in-house this year. And uh, that is why we, we just uh, need all the volunteers we can get. Everything is going to be done by Somerville Baptist Church. Uh, it'll, that'll take place. VBS will happen in the morning. Color class with our teenagers is going to happen on the same dates in the evening. And uh, just looking forward to an exciting time. I know when I was youth pastor, that was always my favorite week of the year. And uh, so we look forward to a good time uh, of just ministering to our, our children. And uh, may God use us all at that time. Um, I did mention it this morning. I did mention the QR code this morning. He was just asking us if anybody was listening to me this morning. That's why he was asking that question. Um, you people need to lighten up a little bit and smile and laugh sometimes. You know, my goodness. Let me, uh, let me just say, let me just say this. Um, my, my shirt is clean tonight, all right? My, I'm not going to take my shoes off, but, but my socks are good tonight. And uh, I, just, I just put all of that stuff in the garbage. And uh, that is what we're supposed to do with our sin, right? We don't put it back on. We give it to the Lord and let him get rid of it. And uh, he, he cast it as far as the east is from the west. And um, I, I just... I just wanted to mention that tonight, because if you're still carrying around your sin, I don't know, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, I did not, honest to goodness, I did not intend to preach that message in preparation for the Lord's Supper. Um, that's the Lord's doing, um, but it was fitting, because uh, the Lord's Supper is a very important part of God's local church. And it's something that's not to be taken lightly. It's something to be taken uh, very sincerely. And uh, so tonight, we're going to be here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, we're going to be looking at some things in, a, in accordance with that. I was originally planning on going to Acts 19. Uh, I did not feel liberty to do so. And um, I, I wanted to focus on this passage in 1 Corinthians 11. And uh, let's, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, let's ask him to direct our thoughts as, as we look at uh, beginning uh, tonight in verse number uh, 17. Our Father, I, I pray tonight that you would guard our hearts and, and uh, allow the scriptures, Father, to minister to us where we are. And I'm thankful, Lord, for uh, the salvation that you have given us in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray that you would guide us uh, tonight. And uh, Lord, let our hearts be clean before you. Uh, Father, it's, it's, very, it's very easy. As we looked at this morning, uh, Lord, uh, Satan, Satan tempts us to question your word. And when we do that, it makes sin very easy for us. And before we know it, we find our lives in a mess, in, uh, in, a, in, in a relationship, Father, that is uh, either non-existent with you 
or one that is greatly hindered. I pray tonight that as we come together that we do some self-examining, that we look in our own life, and that our hearts are prepared as we enter into this time of remembrance this evening. So we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There are two ordinances that the New Testament church recognizes and we participate in. The first one, Justin, is believer's baptism. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 28 to go into all the world. And he's telling us to make disciples, to teach all nations. And baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, We're to present the gospel to everyone. That is the church's responsibility to evangelize the world, to see people saved. And the very first step for every believer is to follow the Lord in baptism and to publicly profess their faith in Jesus Christ. And then we have, as just before Jesus died and, and he participated with the, uh, with the twelve, the, uh, the Lord's Supper, uh, Paul... Paul gives that to us here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And it is something that we are to remember as believers. The only way that you can participate in it is to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There are some in our world today who says anybody can participate. It's it's made for sinners. And that is is true. We're all sinners. But we've been saved by the grace of God. We have not denied what Jesus did upon the cross we have put all of our faith and trust in what Jesus did upon the cross. And that is what we're remembering today. When Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he's he's writing to this church who often had very fleshly and carnal issues. Very carnal-minded. I am deeply troubled as a pastor of a New Testament church when I look at our culture today, it is not... It is not a lost world that bothers me as much as it is professing Christians. People who are lost are going to behave contrary to the Word of God. I accept that. Uh, That is why it's our responsibility to present the gospel. But how we take lightly our faith and even sin in the local church is something that that should bother every believer. And it's something that we should not take lightly. The Corinthian church, they had, they had lots of issues that Paul had to deal with in this first letter that he wrote and even the second letter that he wrote. He speaks of them as being carnal believers. Fellowship amongst the believers in the early church was something that was Something that was done often. Oftentimes it was done every day. They not only came together for prayer, for the teaching of the scriptures. uh, They not only joined in fellowship in the apostles' doctrine. But they also came together for the breaking of bread. Fellowship was an important thing. They often came together and they would celebrate these Feasts that were recognized as agape feast or love feast, they would come together and they would, uh, the best way that I could describe it is us coming together for a dinner on the grounds. Okay? 
we come together for a dinner on the grounds and everybody brings something. And then we all sit down and we enjoy that fellowship and we enjoy that food together. And somewhere along the line, they would also participate and remember the Lord's Supper. But as often is the case, a lot of times our flesh gets involved and suddenly it doesn't mean what it's supposed to mean. So they come together and they're participating in this feast and we pick up in verse 17 and Paul recognizes an issue and he addresses it. He says, now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come not that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Now, we all recognize as believers, we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Amen? But that is a problem in today's church. It is. We, we're honest about that. Uh, people don't always realize how important that is for the church to come together. But Paul is saying in verse 17, when you come together, it's actually worse than it was if you were apart. Because a lot of it has to do with their behavior of when they join together. He says in verse 18, for first of all, boy, when a preacher says first of all and he's getting on to you, when mom or daddy says that, we're in trouble, right? He says, first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. And he says, I partly believe it. I, I'm not surprised about it. There are divisions among you. Now, Paul, he's already addressed some division that they had in the church. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And what it is, is the church likes to play favorites. They have, they have their favorite preachers and they have their favorite people. In 1 Corinthians 1, he says in verse 10, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. No divisions. But that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I have Apollos, and I have Cephas, and I have Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? He addresses the similar issue in chapter 3 as well. Paul had heard that they had divisions. Some say, I like this preacher. And some say, I like this preacher. Do you realize that in many New Testament churches today, there is often a division and a contention because some like their pastor and some like it when the assistant pastor preaches. And I have, I have seen, thankfully I've never been a part of it, Never been associated with it. But how many times have a group of people decided they like the assistant pastor better than the pastor, and so they decided to split the church and go with the assistant pastor to start another church? 
That's not God's will. Never God's will. So there's a division there. That's a carnal mind. If a man preaches the word of God, when you're listening to him, may he be your favorite preacher at that moment. Amen? Love the word of God. Love the word of God. There were divisions. You get over here back to our passage in 1 Corinthians 11, and there's divisions among people. They have their favorite people. Do you know what destroy a church quicker than anything? Clicks in a church will destroy a church. Man, I, would like, I wish everybody would say amen right there. Favorites. Favorites. I'm not quite like that person. I would rather hang out with the people that I know best rather than getting out of my comfort zone and getting to meet somebody who may not look like me and may not dress like me but I'd like to get to know them because, after all, they are my brother and sister in Christ. They are family members, after all. But so often, that's, that's not the case. It is a natural thing for us to associate with people who are just like us or people that we know better than others. Birds of a feather do what? They flock together, right? We're naturally drawn to those individuals. But when are we ever to behave naturally as Christians? Are we not to behave spiritually? And so spiritually, we should say, you know what? I don't know David and Nancy Headley very well. I would like to take them to dinner and get to know them a little bit better. David says, amen. Right? I'd like to, I'd like to get to know Miss Miss Anita a little bit better. I don't know her very well. She's usually sitting with her daughter. I'd like to sit beside her sometime and maybe get out and take her to lunch one day. Would you like that, Miss Anita? Oh, yes. Having favorites destroys the body of Christ. You want to destroy your family? Have five children and tell one of them they're always, you're my favorite. I like you better than the other four. How about you cook boys? Is there a favorite? Not looking. I have one of them in my profile picture on social media. And what does the others boys, other boys say? Oh, we see who your favorite is. It's just a picture, man, that I have not changed since his birthday. Favorites. Well, they come together, and he says, listen, I, there's divisions among you. Doesn't surprise me. I, 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 partly, I believe it. He says, verse 19, he says, for there must be also heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. And when we come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. 
What have ye not houses to eat and drink in, or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. Now, there's a lot of things said right there. I want you to picture it like this. There are some people who have a lot, and they're able to bring a lot. There are some people who have very little, and when they come to the dinner on the grounds, they bring very little. Well, those favorites, man, they sit over here, and they, listen, if you didn't bring nothing, tough for you. If you just brought a little bit, you can only have a little bit. You're not taking what we had. If we brought more, we deserve more. More comes to us. It's not one body fitly joined together. And some, they're full and some are hungry. And some have fellowship and some are left without. They all show up, but some leave feeling worse than if they never came. Destroy a church. Destroy a church. We ought to always be looking for an opportunity to invest in somebody else. All God's people said. should always be looking for an opportunity. Prayer at the beginning of the year, your pastor's prayer, is that we would get to know one another better. And that means different people. Get to know different people. It's hard to serve together. If we're separated. And it's hard to serve together. If we don't even know one another. And if we don't even make an attempt to get to know one another. That's just scratching the surface there. There are some who. One is hungry another is drunken. I mean, they're enjoying themselves so much that they're intoxicated, verse 21. And Paul is just saying, if you're going to do that, at least have respect enough to do it at home and not in the house of God. What have ye not houses to eat and to drink in, or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. I'm not going to praise you for that. And then he gets here to the Lord's Supper. He says in verse 23, For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do what? In remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye, as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. Jesus speaking there. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death. What do we do when we partake of the Lord's Supper? Well, it is a time for us to look back. Time to look back. Do you remember Gil? You were three years old. You're a wrong illustration. Darren Tucker, how old were you when you got saved? 
All right, 13. Who got saved above 20 years old? All right, all you. I'm Michael Bell. There's a good one. Michael Bell, do you remember? Do you remember what it was like when you were without Jesus Christ? Do remember that. You know what? When we, when we come to this very holy time and we observe the Lord's Supper, it is good for you to remember where you come from. That is who you are. That is who you were. But because Jesus Christ gave himself to die on the cross for your sins, that's what we're looking back to. What are we doing next week, Easter? We're looking back at the cross and the resurrection, aren't we? That's what we did this morning as well. You look back at the cross and the resurrection. You go back, this is where Jesus Christ, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son... That if I would believe in him, that I would not perish but have everlasting life. I'm remembering that. I am remembering the fact that when I take of that bread, it represents the body of my Savior that was given upon the cross. And when I drink of that cup, it represents the blood of my Savior who was shed for the remission of my sin and your sin. And it is, so it is, it is something that we are to remember. He says twice in verse 24 in reference to his body, this do in remembrance of me. In verse 25, when you drink of the cup, this do in remembrance of me. We are to remember, we are to look back and remember what Jesus did for us. But at the end of verse 26, we have the opportunity to look up. Because he says, you do show the Lord's death till what? Till he come. We looked at on Wednesday night, the rapture of the church. Jesus is coming soon. And as John, as John wrote in Revelation chapter 22, even so come Lord Jesus. That ought to be on the thought of every believer. That Jesus may come today. And it is important for my heart to be prepared to meet the Lord. It is important that my sins are for, have been confessed, that I, have, that, I have, that I am walking in fellowship with the Lord. He says, as often as you drink it, we do this in remembrance of him, till he comes. One day the Lord is coming. And we need to be mindful, Cecil Berry, we need to be mindful of our Christian life. Jesus is coming soon. It could be tonight, it could be tomorrow, it could be in 20 years, I don't know. But I do know this, Jesus said he's coming, and I believe it. Amen? And so I'm preparing my heart for that. It is a time for us to look, to look up. And then in verse 27, we see it as a time to look within. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthy, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we had judged ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, 
that we should not be condemned with the world. Listen, it is important that when we present ourselves to the Lord and we observe the Lord's Supper or communion, it is important that we look within and number one, know that we know Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior, number one. Number two, that we take it as an opportunity to confess our sin, to examine ourselves, to judge ourselves, to confess our sins before the Lord so that we do not have to go through the chastening of the Lord. It is a time for us to look within. In preparation this morning, we were, looking at, we were looking at that place in our own heart, in our own life, that we don't want to give access to anyone. That is hidden. That is that sin that is there and it is hidden from everyone. For some of us, it's even the point that we don't even want to go there ourselves. Because of the guilt and the shame that we experience as a result. So we are, what do we do with that? We are to give that to the Lord. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to do what? Forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't play around with God. Don't play around with God. I made mention this morning that when the voice of the Lord came walking in the garden, Adam and Eve, they were afraid. And what did they do? They went and hid themselves. Some people behave as if they'll just stand right before God Naked, knowing they disobeyed him and they have no fear. What? Don't be that person. I'd even question your relationship with God. I'd question that. There ought to be some fear. There ought to be some conviction there. I'm about to do something that I'm, I am going to observe something that represents the death of my Savior. That his body was placed upon that cross, that his blood was shed for my sin as an atonement for my sin. I better not take that lightly and say, it's okay, nobody else, nobody, Stephen, nobody knows about it. As long as they don't know about it, I, I, I can continue to do it right after I leave here. I'll take it a step further. We ought not to have a problem with a family member, a brother and sister in Christ. Because he says what? 
He says, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you do what? Love one another. We ought to love one another. There ought to be that fellowship there. There ought to be that family unity there, not divisions. There ought to be that unity there. How can we approach the Lord with enmity in our heart towards someone who sits on the other side of the church building? Jesus said to forgive others as I has also forgiven you. We ought to do that. It is a time for us to look within. And lastly, it's a time for us to look around. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, verse 33, tear you one for another. Tear you one for another. We do not need to be guilty as being God's detectives. We do not need to be guilty of not looking at ourselves, but always looking at someone else and just saying, boy, they got this problem wrong in their life. Boy, pastor's talking about this person right now. Hello? Christy's greatest pet peeve. Oh, her eyes got big. When she calls us and tells us dinner is ready, we better come to the table. If she has cooked, she does not want to wait on us to get to the table and our food has gotten cold. If she calls us, including Pastor Ricky, Pastor Ricky better get there. Amen? I'm, I'm looking at my wife. Amen. Yep, she says. Embarrassing her. Isn't that right, boys? What does he say? Wherefore, my brother, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. Wait for each other. Wait for each other. It's a family. Wait for one another. Oh, I'm not waiting on them. All of us have that notorious family member who is always late. Every family has that person. It doesn't matter what time you start it. It doesn't matter how much time you give, how far it is on the calendar. They'll always be late. Every person has that person. I hope you're not it. We all have that person. Well, that's their fault. Terry for them. Wait for them. Wait for them. Terry one for another. any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together in the condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. We're going to take a moment tonight, 6.53. Miss Denise, if you'll make your way to the piano. We're going to take.